Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Damnation by Kara Neer, featuring my guest, Gary Brents on bass, guitar, and drum programming, as well as a lot of other things, I'm sure. With collaborator Chris Francis, they make up Karen here, who has 22 releases on Bandcamp spanning 10 years. Born and raised in Torrance, California. Um, well, born there um, and then lived in uh, Moreno Valley, um, which is kind of a suburb of LA, um, until I was about eight and a half. And then we moved to uh, Texas, the Dallas area. Um, and I've been here ever since. Uh, that was uh, 1996. Um, uh, yeah, I'm an only child. So, um, uh, my friends were my imagination, uh, and music has been, I guess, the biggest, uh, the friend of all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, w- were both your parents present when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, yeah, b- uh, both of them were. Um, well, I guess technically my dad was away a lot. Uh, he was uh, in the Navy for about, actually, uh, 20 years. Um, so most of the time when I was a kid, it was just me and my mom and uh, her parents, my grandparents. Um but there were there were definitely pockets of time where my dad was around. Um, you know, it was usually just a few months at a time that he was away. Um, so for the most part, yeah, it was it was, it was uh, both of them around. Yeah, you said that music's always been a really big part of your life. Um, what did you play any instruments like in school or just growing up? Like, did your grandparents and your mom and dad like foster that? Uh, definitely my mom and, uh, her, her, her side of the family, uh, they were, they're, they're very big on piano. Um, and I, I grew up learning the piano when I was a a little kid. I probably can't play it as well, uh, as I would have liked. Um, if I had stuck with it, I, I mean, I probably would have been like really, uh, I guess exceptional at it. Um, but that was definitely the first instrument I learned. Um, and it kind of, I guess, was a springboard of, of, of fostering creativity as I'd uh, grow older. Um, and then I do remember in first grade, I, I took trombone lessons because uh, I was fascinated with the instrument. And that lasted about a week. I just could not <laughs> hold it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's very cumbersome. So I guess you were sort of built like me when I was growing up. This little yeah. <laughs> bundle of frustration and and twig twigs. Um, Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You said you you did play piano for a while. So you you were taking lessons, or or your parents were showing you, or. Yeah, um, it was sort of a combination of um, one of my aunts. She 
taught piano to to kids and she would teach me a little bit and then um but she kind of lived a little far away so it wasn't a regular thing so my mom said well you know what since you like it enough you know uh, she she started sending me to private lessons um you know independently to someone else um and i did that for i guess maybe four years or so and it kind of dropped off when we moved to texas just i don't know for whatever logistical reasons um Mm -hmm. uh but but i'd always have like a a piano or keyboard at at home just to you know tinker with Mm. yeah it's, it's um it's really cool that you were actually enjoying that time, like, uh, you know, coming up with the piano, because I usually find people to, to not have that be the case. Usually it's like yeah. <laughs> um, they made me play piano, and right, as soon right. as I could get away with it, I did. <laughs> Get away from yeah. it, rather. But oh um, yeah, a, a lot of my friends were that way, and even my cousins, because we we were just it was just like a family tradition uh, type thing where you got to learn piano or or some instrument, but usually piano was the was reinforced, and I was uh, somehow the one of our um, uh, of my cousins who who was like, you know what, I actually really like this. I like music. Yeah. <laughs> or I like creating music. Yeah. Yeah. So since trombone didn't stick, uh, did mm-hmm. you kind of go back to piano or did you like keep exploring other other instruments? Yeah. Um, so so because I was fascinated with the trombone, but just couldn't uh, physically uh, handle it or, you know, prepare myself to actually learn it and play it in uh, middle school, I. I played the trumpet and, you know, a much smaller brass version of, you know, yeah. of, of, uh, of the trombone. And I did actually really love that. Um, I played that, I guess, sixth and seventh grade. Um, I can't remember if I played it in eighth grade, uh, but definitely the majority of middle school. Um, but I actually grew to like that a little more than the piano. Um and then this sort of segues into the the next instrument. Um, I think it was in the end of eighth grade. I picked up uh, my first bass guitar, and I was okay. like, "Whoa, this is a totally different beast!" And I love this more than trumpet now and piano. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a yeah a weird progression there. What do you think exactly? Um, what do you think it was so much more alluring ab- about a stringed instrument or or a bass at least um, mm-hmm. than than a trumpet? Where you was it? Um, see, like I really enjoy the physical aspects of yeah. of of performing um, or or playing an instrument. Like I really like how. Guitar, you handle sort of more daintily and sort of more delicately. And bass, you really grab it and you really (laughs) like let into it. And, you know, um, like, do you feel like it was a physical, like visceral thing as well? Or It definitely was. Um, When I first picked it up, um, a, a friend of mine, just like kind of in the neighborhood, he he had started. Well, actually, I don't know if he took lessons, but he had started playing bass and he brought it over one day and I like just to, you know, play. And, you know, we were all getting into rock music and punk music and stuff. So, you know, naturally, you know, bass is cool for that. And he was just playing some cool punk riffs. And I was like, wow, this is like amazing. And he let me, you know, hold it for a little bit. And he asked me, you know, if I played instruments, I said, you know, really just piano and trumpet. And I just started, you know, trying to 
pluck with it uh, with my fingers and then uh, changing to a pick, just kind of feeling it out. And it's like, this feels like really, really different, but I'm totally into it. And I think it was, yeah, a physical, visceral reaction that I attached to. Yeah. And, and also being plugged into an amp. I was like, whoa, this is totally different. Like the amplification of, of this instrument, this is, it felt cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, um, like it's it's wild like i my some of my younger uh like well some like i have tons of younger kids my younger kids they <laughs> yeah. they they have like a guitar and sometimes like they're like can we plug it in and i'm like yes you can <laughs> you know <laughs> like right yeah. i know what i know what that's all about um yeah yeah uh, such a fun feeling yeah it's really um yeah i don't know it's like it's it's hmm i want to say it's even if it's just you it's like mm -hmm. uh, that amplification it's like a feeling where it's like somebody's taking you seriously do, do yes. you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. how yeah else, i know it's super vague or whatever but that's what it feels like it's like okay oh yeah totally now this is totally real you Th know this, this is getting somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, sure. it, it sort of transports you into, I don't know, just a different feeling. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, so you said you at that same time you were getting into um, punk music and stuff. So this mm -hmm. same same friend, is this like a person that you like um, got like on a on this sort of like musical journey with as well? Like where you started learning about like the bands you who would become important to you and stuff? A little bit, yeah. Um, I, w I would say he kind of um, introduced me more to the punk side of things, while at the same time, um, I had another friend, and he he was picking up uh, the guitar uh, at the same time, actually a little before that, before I started playing bass, and he was like, I guess uh, he grew up more in like a classic rock metal background, so I was like kind of having these two different friends show me different things, and I was like, whoa, this is like amazing just different avenues of bands and styles and sounds that was kind of new to my ears um and yeah it just kind of all kicked off from there and i guess that sort of it gave me um uh what do you call it like the boost to find bands to find music <laughs> mm -hmm. what what were the two like biggest ones for you like from each respective like um avenue or whatever like what was the like mm -hmm. big punk band for you and the big like classic rock band like at the time yeah um so i would say um probably for from the punk side of things just because it was the mid to late 90s uh blink 182 because yeah. they were just all, always just they were they were super popular at the time and and that's what my friend showed me that and then of course um like minor threat uh from you know er, much earlier mm -hmm. and um and I guess from the other side of things, it was kind of uh, um, like Iron Maiden and like Motley Crue, um, stuff like that. Because my dad also listened to that stuff, too. He was big on like the 80s, classic rock, classic metal, traditional metal stuff. So I was like kind of getting a, a taste of both worlds and, and eras. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, I kind of grew up the same way like my dad played in like a bunch of bands like mostly like cover you know type bands and stuff but um awesome and yeah. so i 
I hear stuff like I didn't know what it was at the time, but later on it, I'm like, oh, that's like ELO or you know whatever, <laughs> and right. um, and then like all my friends were like this is the exploited, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Uh, Whoa, yeah, and of yeah. course, I mean, you know, like being at that age, I'm like, of course I, I, you know, I was like a bit of a shit. So I'm like, yeah, fuck whatever my dad's talking about, you know, yeah. um, show me more exploited, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, right. And now I kind of, I'm not that I like side either way, uh, necessarily, yeah. but it, sometimes when I listen to some of that stuff that seemed so, like, uh, wild or like progressive now, like I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, what is like, what is this? Like, yeah, not not yeah, really definitely. like the exploited necessarily, uh, right? But like, um, oh, what was? There was a band that was on Epitaph that was like wanted to be the exploited really bad, and all my friends in high school listened to them, and I was like. I put that on like recently and I was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is so bad. Like, I, I, can't, I can't think of it right now, but. Oh, I feel like I know what you're talking about, but yeah, the, the name's kind of slipping my mind. Um, was, but yeah, I know, I know that feeling when you're re revisiting something like that. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird too, because, you know, you can have the, um, you can kind of have the, the opposite effect, mm -hmm. like with, mm -hmm. with some bands, like I don't, I don't really know what this band is all about necessarily, but like there was a time in the like mid nineties when, um, that band, uh, called snuff was putting out oh, like, yeah. like that album, Demomassa Bebonk, I think is how you'd say it. Like that album, mm -hmm. I just listened to that yesterday. I was like, this is actually really fucking good. Like, yeah, I, their lyrics are kind of weird. Revisit that. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what they're about necessarily. You know, they're on Fat Records, so that's kind of like ah, uh, you know, it could go right. either way. Um, yeah, true. But yeah, that's really it's it's funny when you know, it's funny how like much your your memory can 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 go either way on those things. Is always <laughs> definitely to... yeah, Me memory and time. It's a funny it's a funny thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you, like, you, um, started finding bands on your own. Like, how were you doing that at that time? Okay. So that, I guess, was definitely the start of, um, when in our household, we got internet. And of course that's, uh, the, a gateway for, for a kid getting into music, mm -hmm. um, uh, different music scenes. And, and so, I mean, we had dial up at the time. It was, you know, <laughs> 1999, 2000, 2001. Um, and, uh, Napster was around. So I was, I was using Napster. Um, kind of go on there and just search for random things, uh, you know, just like just buzzwords of, of, of genre terms that my friends would tell me or, or bands, actual band names that they'd tell me. Mm -hmm. uh, so Napster was one of them. Um, and then alternatively, uh, another route was just going to like uh, Barnes and Noble or something or, you know, big bookstores and looking at the music magazines, um, which I feel like that just isn't a thing these days. Or maybe it is, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I would just flip through like these metal magazines or like punk magazines and just look at these bands and, you know, names and reviews and just like kind of write them down or just try to memorize them because didn't have a phone back then. And yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, then I'd go home and, and I guess, yeah, use Napster or, or some other way to, to find their presence online and, 
and see if they had music that I could either buy or, or listen to somehow. Um, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's really awesome. Like, you know, you mentioned the magazines thing. I'm not really sure about that either. I guess yeah. magazines like other than comics, which I, I read a lot of, like aren't really on yeah. my periphery a lot of time. Like right. I'll see them yeah. at a grocery store, but that's not really, <laughs> that's like Bass Pro magazine or something. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really. Just kind of there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's, you know, the current um, version of that would be like, uh, Idiotech or Brooklyn Vegan or something like that's the for sure you know the yeah. 2021 version of those magazines <laughs> like here right. it's all digital yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah I also like you know back in the day like going through Thrashers and then yeah uh, years after that it would be Punk Planet or Maximum Rock and Roll you know um and, for sure uh, finding out stuff that way uh then course my space you know <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i was gonna say myspace was definitely yeah that was a huge huge um uh platform for finding anything and everything mm -hmm. and um yeah not not to like jump not to jump too far ahead or anything but i noticed mm -hmm. that uh uh Karenier was um like from like y'all started in like two th 2008 so that's like yeah th that was also like, well, Coma Regalia started in 2010, and that was this weird, like, MySpace was dying and Facebook yeah. was taking over. So, like, it was such a weird uh, transition, I guess. Yeah. 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 Which is like, that was, um, that was really like something in, until Band, Bandcamp, oh. like, I mean, Bandcamp really seemed to come on the scene in like 2009 ish. And then, yeah, it was just like a boom from there where, you know, we had, like, I don't know, like, MySpace seemed like it really had the potential to be what Bandcamp and Facebook together were. Right, what they one, are. Or, yeah, 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 in one place. I, I do miss a lot of aspects about uh, MySpace, uh, MySpace music and, 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 you know, just the way that your page could look and and having the play the music player on there and, mm -hmm. and just the social aspect of it was pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I remember, like, you know, in an older band, um, like, booking tours and stuff on there, and that, that comes up here every once in a while, people talking about booking tours on MySpace, and now mm, it's like, yeah. now it's like, you know, you're managing your tabs, <clears throat> you're, like, looking at your band camp tabs for <laughs> cool bands in that area, and then you're, then you're trying to find their Facebook pages or whatever on another thing, and, uh, right. you know, MySpace Jumping really was internet. both. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a, a great hub of, of just uh, everything you wanted for a band or artist's uh, a platform or page, yeah.
start playing bass, just mm -hmm. sort of just sort of messing around, and you were finding like the bands that you know would become like important to you and stuff. And um, like, how did you go from there? Like, uh, did you was it like was it like mom? I I played this bass at my friend's house. I I like have to have one. I'll mow the grass. Everything. What do you want? <laughs> to do? How how did uh, you get your first stringed instrument? Um, so I, I think, gosh, um, I, I really do think it was just kind of asking my mom, like, I'm, I'm interested in this instrument and, um, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in trumpet anymore. I, uh, but she was kind of happy that like, okay, so you, you want to change, uh, um, the instrument you want to play. And, but she was happy that I would, I was still going to be playing music. Um, it is just a totally different kind. And yeah, so um i think she did initially i can't remember if she rent, was renting me a bass because i did take bass lessons uh, uh for one year um when i first got into it i can't remember if i was renting the bass or not but i know shortly after that uh she, it was like a rent to buy so I, I ended up like having that bass um i can't remember exactly what it was it was for some reason i had a five string bass to start out with and oh, i wow. don't know why yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was a washburn something um i think i just liked the way it looked and my mom was like okay cool we'll we'll i guess we'll 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 rent that and then you know i, I owned it after um but yeah, I, it was just kind of a nice a convenience that that I went from one instrument to another that my mom and, and dad, uh, you know, approved of. Yeah, were you when you were taking lessons on this five string? Were they teaching you how to utilize like all the strings, or were they yeah, like um, we don't they, really? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, the the teacher he he actually was very um, uh, perceptive to because because he actually was. Was uh, playing on a on, you know tr traditional four string, and I had the five string, and he would like tune down with me, like to I mean I guess like the standard was just like B E A D G for for me, and he would kind of teach me five string material on his four string bass just to kind of adapt to my taste and somehow you know being attracted to this five string bass. Um, so yeah, I, I did learn um, to utilize all the five strings at that time. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. So you said, like you didn't, like you don't remember what that is. So obviously you don't you don't have that anymore. But have you stuck with mm -hmm. with five strings pretty much? Or, um, ironically enough, I have moved down to four strings. Um, I guess in the past um, decade, I, well, uh, the whole. Karenera's existence, yeah, it's been four string. <laughs> okay. um, I, th I think it's just I connect with it more um, it, with the material that we write. I could see maybe utilizing a fifth string, but I, I don't particularly, I guess, uh, seek out uh, needing one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think like when, you know, when I was younger and, and you, you know, we had a friend that had a five string and it was like, he would always be like, um, Oh yeah, like it's 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 for like going low, and yeah. now everybody's <laughs> just like everybody's just like just tune low, you know. So like, right, I think, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, yeah I think that th that's kind of like when we were, you know, when I was younger or whatever, you know, like uh, it wasn't like that. Just wasn't something that people that I knew did. You know, it was like yeah, exactly this is how yeah. you tune, and that was it. Yeah. And, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I um, 
you know, I talk, like I talked before about like, you know, realizing that Helmet was doing like Drop D and, uh, right. and then I think like Tool, like, you know, when, when that, when their first song came out, it being like, mm-hmm. wait, how low is that? You know, or whatever. Yeah, it's like, whoa. It's like, wait, you're just allowed to, you're allowed to just do whatever <laughs> you want with these things? Like, what? Right. Which, that, that kind of stuff did blow my mind too. As I like, uh, like when I was young, I, I did uh, enjoy Corn a lot, and obviously they're well. They've always been, you know, super heavily down tuned, uh-huh. and and I was just like kind of fascinated, like, oh, okay, so, well, I think originally they were on six string guitar, and and I don't know if they were on four string bass originally, but but even even then, yeah, I was like, wow, they're tuning super low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like. You know, one of the gags is like, you know, they're tuned like lower than their instruments should be tuned. <laughs> you know, you right. all that. Um, the, the grumble and uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was just thinking like, um, while you're saying, like, while I was like processing what I had just said, I was just thinking like, mm. it's kind of funny how some of these things like um, sort of give you permission to like, be more experimental about your thoughts about the instrument and whatnot when right. like that's <clears throat> really like i remember when i was first playing guitar the, the experimental part of it was like all i gave a crap about practically yeah like my mom i remember my mom coming in to the bedroom one time like mm-hmm. me just being like will you cut that out because i was just <laughs> sitting there like i had figured out like how like how you, when you stick the uh, pick on the strings like in a certain mm. way and you make that noise like that. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Pick slide, pick slide right, style, that, but where you're yeah. just like making the shrieking like creaks right. and you know some like, sonic youth type stuff. Yeah, <laughs> without and, knowing it. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, you, you know, you like think think like about some of these these things that like blew your mind at the time, and then you're like wait, like, you know, there's always been some aspect of, um, of performance or whatever, like, mm-hmm. it, uh, and, and I think this same thing goes for like art, like, um, visual art and, um, whatnot. Like, I think that's present in a lot of people mm-hmm. and even though they don't know about it. And it's funny to think about that, like, um, retroactively and put it into different contexts you know right yeah yeah i think it's a very important thing yeah um so like you were playing bass um and you were getting like some lessons and stuff but what kind of like did you feel like immediately you had goals like to to be in a in a band yeah uh I would say like really right off the bat, there was like uh, kind of um, not even on the back of my mind, but in the forefront that, of my that mind. Was it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is, this feels amazing. Like I want to, I just want to create, you know, create music, whether it's in a band or just, I, I mean, originally I even had thoughts of like, yeah, I should just record myself like on a tape deck, like a, I mean, not even a, you know, a, a just a consumer tape deck hitting the record and using the, uh, the, built-in external mic you know it's just picking up everything in the bedroom uh type deal and i just yeah i just wanted to to create stuff and record it yeah 
Yeah, I um, I actually still have a uh, a tape deck that has like a mic input that we used to like record all kinds of stuff. Just like plug this mic into it, and um, yeah, yeah, it's really weird too because like, so so I had I had like this microphone that I bought at a Radio Shack. It was like really shitty microphone that yeah. we just like we showed up to some house show and there was no mics. And we were like, oh, wow. is there a Radio Shack somewhere? When bought this <laughs> mic? And um, so, like, I had this mic for, like, ever. It was all, like, busted. It was, like, a, you know, $9 thing or whatever. Um, but it mm. had the the eighth-inch jack or whatever to go into yeah. this mic input. And, um, yeah. and like, so uh, we, we would use this tape deck to – we'd just throw a tape in it and, and – uh, plug this mic into it and record like practices so we didn't forget because we maybe only this one band i was in we lived like a few hours apart only practice like every two weeks right so oh okay um so we'd record on this thing and um and then later you know like as i start doing like shows at my house and stuff i'm like i get like better mics you know obviously because you can't you can't tell somebody (laughs) like hey this is this is mic is awesome trust me um yeah and it was funny because we tried to plug like better mics into this tape deck and it sounded worse. Oh, we were wow. like, what is it about this, this <laughs> built in like eight inch? And it's like, I think this cord on this mic was like six feet long. That's it. You know? So oh, it was like, gosh. Yeah. It was just like this weird thing. And, uh, and, um, I don't know. It's really weird how like all of these, all of these factors come into play right. like that don't, finicky don't electronics yeah. yeah 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 definitely um i love stuff like that just weird interactions of of equipment and gear yeah yeah for sure it's like why you can see something that someone's doing and you can try to emulate it and it and it it's never quite the same you know yeah there's just exactly something yeah. that's not quite um <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Uh, do you have any of those old tape recordings, like of, of you playing? Have you? Um. Oh gosh, I highly doubt that I do. Well, okay, if I do, it'd probably be somewhere in like a box in the attic of my of my parents' house. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, which I actually have never gone up there to to rummage around stuff. But if I ever did, um. I would definitely try to see if I do still have any. It'd be interesting to, to see because I, I mean, I, I really don't remember exactly how those uh, tape recordings sounded. Um, a lot of the time, it was me goofing off with friends, trying to make our own like little prank phone call thing, and we we'd, <laughs> <laughs> we'd record off speakerphone into the tape deck to listen to our you know dumb prank phone calls, and then fast forward a minute, it's me playing bass, you know, randomly. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's wild. Yeah, that, that that could be a treasure trove of like samples and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so like how, how long do you think you did play before you were uh, trying to start your first band? Um, let's see. Um, I guess my technically my first band was um, my junior year of high school. So that was... Um, uh, 2003 to 2004, like that uh, school year, and it was me um, and uh, two other friends. And at that time, it was a really like 
super super raw uh black metal band because i had just like freshly gotten into that like more more deeply um than like my early years of high school and that's actually what prompted me to to pick up guitar um so i wasn't actually playing um bass in that band um uh well actually i did originally like on just like goofing off but then i'll i just picked up the guitar and i was like whoa okay this is totally different than the bass uh kind of um harping back to what you said about the the delicate uh nature of playing the guitar i wasn't used to that so i was playing it a little too uh roughly and not precisely which i mean you know playing it roughly can definitely work to 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 your taste uh mm-hmm. but you know i just wasn't it wasn't playing it uh the way i was wanting to hear um myself playing it i guess yeah. um so it was sort of something i had to get used to um but yeah yeah i guess like junior year of high school was like okay this is it this is what i'm gonna do we're we're gonna be a band um unfortunately it was you know short-lived but it was at least the uh i guess like catalyst to to me you know continuing the trend of of making bands or, or making recording projects uh, yeah. on my own yeah yeah because yeah, i mean that's you said like 2004 mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's that's not long before you know y'all uh credit um Karanir as um, yeah, started yeah. so um so d- were there a few more bands and projects like in between that and and uh Karanir? Uh, a little bit yeah um they were mainly just kind of solo projects uh solo recording projects i guess um uh totally meant for myspace because myspace was the perfect platform for that um you know just kind of getting your name out there creating a music page obviously and and you know just spreading the word and putting up your recordings um so it was kind of just that uh nothing like super i guess serious um until you know we started carinaire me and my friend chris um which we did have a couple projects before um before Karen Air and but it, you know it's for for MySpace kind of just goofing off kind of experimenting seeing how we work with each other um, mm-hmm. and then you know we grew to be like pretty close friends uh, you know still obviously close friends um, and yeah that's kind of just how it started yeah did you play did you play out any did you like manage to play any shows during any of these like um, iterations very few shows um, like with my very first band, we played, I think, just two local shows. Um, and it was such a uh, very interesting and kind of uh, uh, like opening experience for me because I, I just was not used to that. Um, I mean, yeah, we we're, you know, 17, 18. Um, and, and we were just we're playing in a bar, you know, <laughs> I had oh, never okay. been in a bar before that. So it's like, whoa, this is kind of like totally different vibe. Um, and but yeah uh really throughout that whole time i think maybe just a handful of shows was that um, and, not, yeah was that not something that like was that not a part of it that really appealed to you did that appeal to you like much less than just like the creative part of it i think so um i'm not really sure why uh i think because i was like kind of hyper focused and and like almost obsessed with uh the recording process of like just capturing capturing something and then like the uh, process of layering things um on onto you know previous recordings and all that um so i think that was sort of 
that was like my high with, with creating music. And I, I would confidently say that it's still like that today. Um, now I have played a lot more shows with like other bands, like side projects throughout uh, uh, the past decade plus, um, not a whole lot, but just, you know, a, a lot more than before. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got a, a, a better taste of playing live with other bands um, throughout the years. But I would say that recording and like the writing and recording is definitely my uh, passion for music. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. Like I can't like I I, I can never like I, it'll never get old for me. Like when you're mm -hmm. okay, you, you just like you just like recording a guitar part and maybe you're kind of like, I don't even know if this is that good. And then <laughs> yeah. you're listening to it like later with the drums and you're like, OK, it's okay, working yeah. a little bit. But uh -huh. then it's like the 70th time you've listened to it or something. Then uh, then something oh, yeah. happens and this other guitar part comes out of nowhere in your brain and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, this is a real song now. This this works. This exactly. You know, I, I feel that about almost every one of our songs that <laughs> when I start start writing slash recording them, like, yeah, I, I think I'm getting this kind of delusional fuel that keeps me like, like, is this good or, or, or am I crazy? And then I add another part. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. I got to show this to Chris and see what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really, I don't know. Like that's, that's something that like, um, especially if you've been playing like kind of the same style for a really long mm -hmm. time, I think that, right. That, Cause I mean, if you jump around a bit, like, I feel like it's, it's easy to be like, to let it feel fresh and you and you know you're less like inclined to be like oh i don't know you know yeah but um Definitely. i don't know there's always something where it's like that 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 thing you're chasing you know that that magic or whatever like when it comes and you're just like holy shit like and yeah i love it when it just like snowballs you know and then you're just like <laughs> Writing the whole record all in one night. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, sort of this magical moment that kind of lifts off everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned um, Chris. And um, so, like, as far as um, Carnier's concerned, mm -hmm. it's just, it's you and Chris, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just he and I. And, um, and I, now we talked about you playing bass a bit and we talked about you you uh, um, playing guitar a bit as well. Um, how do you generally split up the duties for the band? Okay, so usually um, kind of in the beginning phases of uh, uh, writing an album or EP or really just any like, you know, form of material that we're setting out to write or, or you know, even a split. Um, I always, it's, it's kind of, uh, unusual, well, maybe unusual to most, but I actually always start by programming drums okay. um, as sort of a launching pad of like, like you're just like throwing paint on a canvas and you don't know what you're doing yet exactly, but you have a, a vague idea. Um, that's sort of always been my internal way of like, I'm so to speak jamming with a drummer in my head. Mm -hmm. um, even though I physically can't play the drums, drums are actually my favorite instrument. Uh, so I guess that's also why I do start uh, with that aspect. And then I kind of, I, I don't necessarily finish all the drums for a song, um, but just like a general outline. And then I'll write slash record guitar over it. And then kind of, it sort of becomes puzzle pieces uh, for 
I would say maybe 95% of our um, material over the years uh, is in that manner. And then, of course, add bass um, and, and any other like leads or you know second guitar parts or third guitar parts um, just for layer aspects. Mm-hmm. And then I'll generally have the entirety of a song um, finished instrumentally and then i uh, sent, would send them to chris and you know he'd kind of ruminate over it and um he he writes i would say 99 percent of our lyrics i think there's two or three songs where i've written lyrics for so it's a very like kind of 50 50 split in terms of um the approach to each song uh like sonically and thematically where he he's more of the um the the voice i mean uh, well technically yeah i mean he does most of the vocals so he's like the voice of the project and i'm doing kind of the the fundamental the foundation of each song said a couple times um you've got 2008 as the starting point and um now y'all have a ton of releases on the band camp i counted 22 Um, (laughs) yeah some of them are just some a couple of them are like singles but they yeah they are obviously more they're obviously pretty related to each other because some of the singles even have the same artwork and stuff. Right, um, right. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about like your first couple of releases. Like your first release was 2009 and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you have like part one uh, and then part two and that 
uh, those, I can't remember when it said part two came out, but those also <laughs> share the, the same, uh, yeah. same, artwork. same artwork. So like, obviously when you're calling something part one and part two, there's the natural, uh, you're naturally inclined to think, okay, this is like a concept, um, that's right. carrying over into different things. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, and with, you know, with your, with your newest album jumping, you know, obviously 10 years ahead, that's, that's, you've described that as a concept album too. And I'd like, you know, we'll touch that later, but, um, yeah, like, yeah. uh, have you, do you consider, <coughs> excuse me, do you consider the project overall, like, um, like sort of a concept in itself, or do you have particular concepts that you just stretch over different things? I would say um, more of the latter. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, because we, we kind of, uh, we do jump around a lot and we, we like to touch on different things, I guess, like con conceptually or, or story-wise, thematically. Um, so it's, we, yeah, definitely sort of a, um, a palette uh, of different concepts over, over our time. Yeah. And I guess even, yeah, moving forward, it would, likely still to continue like that yeah and do other than the obvious where it's like part one part two part three part four do mm. do the stories that you're telling like do they do they exist in like the same world would you would you say um uh, a little bit yeah i would say um it's funny because the the naming convention obviously uh part one part two that that one is heavily tied together um but part three and part four, um, it it's sort of kind of outside of the part one, part two, okay. um, like theme, I guess okay. I would say. It, it was sort of just a callback to to just having that similar naming convention, oh, okay. but it's it's like a totally different, um, I guess, uh, yeah, realm than okay. the, the part one, part two uh, theme. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you know like like why why did ten years go between right like the, yeah. the couple of releases and i guess that that explains that like yeah um, it, it was just it was more of a naming convention callback like oh we've been around 10 years let's kind of uh we, we i guess we couldn't really like pin down um a keeper of a name for the part three part four album and we're like well i know that or like we, we were like we know that this is like wildly different than our first you know part one part two but we kind of just wanted to keep it for a, a naming convention, um, I guess, um, uh, not not retroactively, but just kind of looking back, like, oh, we've we've been around for ten years, you know, at that moment. Uh, yeah, so we'll just of, yeah. A bit of a tribute, like <laughs> a tribute. That yeah, that's well. actually yeah, yeah, that's a better word for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like uh, your your newest album is called Phase Out, and um, mm. this uh, this album, like, it's 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 mind-boggling like it's really so well done like and it it intermingles like so many different um like uh, uh musical qualities and um mm -hmm. and it doesn't stop there because uh now i don't <laughs> right. i don't really completely understand like um what all is happening with the album yeah. because like <laughs> i i didn't get i didn't start getting to know you until like literally like this month or whatever so like yeah 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 um, definitely like like i said 
you know, when we were chatting before, uh, over messenger, um, like I've known of y'all like since the split with Fle- Fleshborn and I've like yeah. been, been a fan, but you know, never got so deep into like the lore or whatnot. Um, right. So right. phase out is what exactly it's, it's an album, but it's like more. Definitely more. Um, so this, this is like our most, um, imaginative, I guess, full blown concept, uh, release in, you know, any capacity, um, where, you know, we've, we've sort of created this larger than life, uh, concept of us being kind of, you know, transported into this video game dimension, uh, you know, specifically of like the eight bit, 16 bit variety, um, where it's like, uh, you know, it's all about a, a, I guess, a callback to our love for like RPGs, like '90s RPGs, um, dungeon crawlers, and stuff like that. And it's funny because we've like really we've never done this before, where we're we've been more, I guess, nuanced and not so like outwardly um, attached to to themes like this. Uh, but we kind of we wanted to make this a like super colorful album uh, musically, and I guess yeah, thematically, of course. So it's, um, yeah, I guess this is like our, if one were to, to jump into our discography and then, you know, just jump it around, this would be like the concept album for our band. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's about us like directly, uh, being, you know, inside this video game world and kind of each song, you know, is very, I guess, wildly different, you know, some similarities cross to other songs, but each one is kind of meant to play out like a like a different video game level so to speak okay and like since um since the release of the album and stuff you Mm. you've been showing like artwork that you've commissioned and stuff from different artists that represent like characters uh yeah definitely is there Mm. but it was i wrong to think that there's that there's actually that you're working on some kind of uh um like a companion to the album that's that's video related or like maybe art otherwise art related oh okay yeah yeah for sure um so we did get a kind of like hyper casual uh pc game made uh to go along with the album um now it's like you know not like a full-fledged video game or anything it's just it's more of like a aesthetically uh an aesthetic connection to the album. Okay. Um, so it's not like for like hardcore gamers or anything like that. Although we wish that we could have the budget to make something like that. Uh, sure. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was sort of just like, man, I, I, I want to keep this train going. Like I want to, I want to pour as much like creative mediums uh, from, from this concept as much as we can, like as much as we enjoy doing this. And yeah, the video game thing was one of them. And then, um, yeah, we, we, we do have intentions of making kind of a minimal animated videos per song. And at the, at the moment we do just have one of them, uh, created and we're kind of, um, uh, commissioning different artists to make uh, their own like take on on a video for each of the songs and i guess that's sort of our next uh thing on our plate is getting those all out there kind of spreading out over the course of the year that's awesome yeah Thanks. i was gonna yeah. say i like at the very least the, you know you could do like a D camp or something out of it oh that would be um, amazing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. For sure so one of the, uh one of the last things i definitely wanted to talk about because you know 
I know that like, or I think I think I saw you say that Phase Out was the first successful uh, Bandcamp vinyl pledge launch. Is that was that right? Was I did I read that right? <gasps> um, I I don't I may have mistyped it being the first, but I know it was one of the first. Okay, I, well, I yeah, might have yeah, read yeah, it wrong. Yeah. yeah, but so it was, so, um, so like, since that's come out, a lot of people like, um, are like, we don't, we're like, kind of like, what's this mean? You know, and <laughs> oh, how does this yeah, work? Yeah. So like, right. um, you know, I thought that'd be like something that, where we could like sort of throw, throw this out and like mm -hmm. give people a little more perspective in case this is an option they'd like to pursue. So like, um, what exactly is it, was it just similar to Kickstarter where you like, you had to have a certain like number of units sold or a certain amount of, of money pledged up before this would happen? Like, how was this process for you? Yeah. Um, so Right off the bat, initially, we got an email uh, from Bandcamp, and to my understanding, they sent uh, this this like same exact email to, I don't know how many artists, but and I don't know what the barometer was for them sending this email out. I um, I don't know if it went to every artist. Actually, I know that it didn't because like one of my other projects, I didn't get that email. <laughs> it was like you know, you know, a much smaller project. Okay. Um, so, so they must have had some kind of I don't know measurement or like maybe tenure of a band being on Bandcamp for years or something. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, the barometer that they use for that. But right. yeah, they we got an email. I was like, whoa, what is this Bandcamp uh, vinyl, you know, campaign? Right. Um, and I was kind of reading it, clicking on it, and just really dissecting, like, whoa, this is, like, the perfect timing for, for uh, the Phase Out album, because I, I really wanted it to, to be pressed on vinyl. And um, I was like, this is, like, such a cool uh, coincidence, you know, timing-wise. And I, you know, basically when you, I guess if you get that email or if you're, you know, invited by Bandcamp to do this, you you get the chance to to have a campaign. So you kind of start, um, I guess, filling out all the necessary info, like track listing and all that, and the type of, of like colored records or, or, or traditional records that you want. And then um, uh, you, you can elect to add like tiered systems to your a campaign, like adding, you know, just other cool stuff that people may want. And we definitely like jumped on that. Um, but the campaign itself is something that runs for 30 days and it has to meet a specific dollar amount. And when once it does, it's deemed a success and they will make uh, uh, 250 records. And they approached me after that saying if I wanted to to make more. Uh, but I said I was I was perfectly fine with like the 250 um, uh, minimum and um yeah, that that's uh, yeah. If you if if somehow you're you're an artist or band that gets this email and you're interested, I think it's a pretty cool thing that Bandcamp's offering. So it's and it is kind of similar to to Kickstarter. Um, now the the most stressful part of it was the 30 day campaign because those 30 days were like oh my gosh we're we're super far off and then but then like one day later like oh whoa there's a, a big you know pledge or whatever and so <laughs> it was a little too stressful for me personally to to go through that if if they somehow stretched it out to 60 days i think that'd be kind of maybe 
cooler um but overall like it's it's neat that they're offering that yeah yeah because they it's a fulfillment as well so yeah they, yeah you don't, yeah definitely and so like how does that how does that work with the the spoken of 250 records like um mm -hmm. if you only sold a hundred of them in your thing but mm -hmm. it totally got paid for they just ship you the rest or how's that that Correct. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I asked them that because um, that, that's that is what happened in our case. Um, you know, the, the just with the tiered systems being some of them being a little higher price, but, you know, you get extra perks and all that. And some people uh, donating a little more than the price we asked for or mm -hmm. some even a lot more. Um, uh, the the Bandcamp vinyl rep was like, um, since you you know you met the dollar you met over the dollar amount you're going to be getting these extra records in the mail so i was like wow that's pretty cool so you know we're gonna definitely put that up on our uh bandcamp store and sell the the remainder of our copies um stuff like that very cool so it kind of yeah. sounds like you know there's not really a lot to lose like if you <laughs> right right it's just yeah. kind of a nail-biting situation like, it's a nail-biter yeah <laughs> like, is, is this gonna work like right let me remind you again for the six months today that this album is up there yeah and, uh, and it's funny because i'm not really like I, I enjoy a little bit of the marketing aspect, you know, I mean, you kind of have to, if you're in a band or, or, or manage a label, um, you know, it's just, it's just the part of that, that business side of it. Um, but I'm, I, I was like, wow, this is like totally outside of our wheelhouse. We're not used to pushing something as strongly as this, like as, as, as often, but you know, I mean, in the end it worked out and it's, you know, we're pretty grateful for, for having this opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, when you talked about uh, the other perks and stuff that you had offered, what kinds of mm -hmm. things were, were are you talking about? Yeah, so our, um, I guess, what do we, we added three other perk systems or tiers um, where, like, one of them was... Um, you get to get a uh, a free like poster, like a nine by eleven poster, something that could fit in the uh, the vinyl mailer, because Bandcamp's actually handling all of the shipping. So I was trying to think like, man, what could fit in a mailer that'd be cool? Like I was thinking a poster, but usually, I mean, usually posters are pretty big, but nine by eleven would fit, um, mm -hmm. and they they approve that. So I was like, okay, cool, we get to keep this tier. Um, so that and like some cool like custom stickers that I had commissioned um, and, and printed. Uh, so that's all in one uh, tier. And then another one was like a test pressing plus plus the record. And I think there was only five uh, test pressings made. And then um, another tier, which was like sort of um, a passionate one that I was like, oh, man, this would be so cool to have. And if people jump on this, I'd be so happy about it. And it's what I called the character unlock tier. And this is something kind of a um, it, it gives fans. Oh, well, the people who who pledged for this and it was five uh, create full creative liberties to create a character that we are going to incorporate in our um, the, this concept that we've kind of uh, uh, kickstarted here with Phase Out, um, but for like the next album and possibly even the one after that, uh, where they get to create their own character that would fit into our lyrics and, and lore and, and uh, artwork. Um, so that was like, yeah, a special tier. And I'm glad that, that five, five people jumped on that because we, we were pleased to see um, people's reactions and, yeah. and their 
characters that they made up and sent to me so yeah. yeah i definitely i definitely saw like i think uh two of them that you posted yeah. uh online yeah. and yeah re- really cool like uh really like traditional but like mm-hmm. also you know just really like imaginative and uh yeah i think that's um i was really curious about that because like mm-hmm. you know I know they're fulfilling everything. So would this right. be a lot of back and forth, like where it's like, then then we have to ship this and then they have to ship that. But especially with your, the character creation thing, that's just something that like, oh, oh yeah, this comes after the fact. And it's like, um, yep. it's, uh, it's, it's sort of, you know, the closest thing I can think is where it's like, um, sometimes like in comics, like, they run a a contest to like have yourself drawn into a comic or something, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that's like the perfect analogy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Sort of a down the road thing. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're basically investing in their, in their chance to create a character (laughs) for for us to to incorporate. And yeah, it's it. I I would say um, confidently all five of those characters will be in the, in the next album. That's awesome. And so you, for your next album, you're, thinking of a similar approach as far as like um like really working um on this on the songs individually like the way you Mm -hmm. you said uh a phase out was like and and having like each track really like be its own thing but like still tied to the story you were telling in phase out so mostly yes and it's sort of a different approach that i'm taking in that there's a lot of um uh i guess i would say this album is a lot more grindy uh, a little more um spastic um just due to the nature of the theme that we're going to be uh jumping into on that album so it does have some of that kind of jarring like whoa this track is like totally different from the last one but it does have a little more uniformity uh than phase out i would say very very cool um you said you're working on it already are you are you like um planning like do you have a a timetable that you're trying to to adhere to for this or are you just like this this is gonna happen when it happens i would say probably more of the latter um i guess kind of we're we're a little spontaneous about it um um all of the music is almost instrumentally done, um, but we're we're just waiting on, or, I, or I'm waiting for Chris to kind of uh, um, hunker down and get into the mode of of wanting to create what's the uh, I guess like the mythos of this album. Like we we have the outline for it, uh, but we don't have you know obviously none of the lyrics yet. Well, we have some of them that he sent me, but. Um, that's what basically I've thrown the ball in his court, which yeah. is how it goes on, on our on our album writing process, where if I'm done, I send it to him and and I'm, I'm just off here, you know, doing my own thing, playing video games and stuff, waiting, <laughs> waiting for him or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know of an exact timetable that we'd like for it to be released. Um, I know it's kind of unusual to have two full lengths in the same uh, calendar year. I know Boris does this a lot, but um uh if it happens that it's released like later this year we're we're cool with that um or if it's you know it ends up being next year you know that's obviously that's totally cool too
And that was my conversation with Gary Brents. Thanks so much, Gary, for taking the time to chat with me. If you haven't already, definitely check out Phase Out, as it's one of the wildest releases I've heard in a while. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>